Well, you may sit, but kiddos, I'm going to ask you to come up and sit with me if you want. We're kind of kicking it old school a little bit with a traditional children's message this morning. So if you consider yourself a kid, whether you, oh, Tim's totally coming up here. Yeah, come and join us. Uh, for real though, any kids who would like to come up, you can even sit on the mini stage. So like if for no other reason than that your parents will actually let you come sit on the stage, you should totally come join in. Yay, thanks for joining us. While you're coming up, will you guys turn to the audience and just yell, Happy Father's Day as loud as you can to all the dads out there. As loud as you can. You lead us. I know you've got it in you. Ready? One, two, three. Happy Father's Day! <laughs> yes. Nice work. Nice work. Well, this, this next five minutes is mostly for the kids, and we're going to do a really fun activity together um, during church this morning. Parents, um, adults, of course, you can listen in and hopefully gain something from it too. I want to give you a little bit of a heads up that we'll have the opportunity to take what we're going to learn in this five minutes of time here and go show the rest of the church what we've learned by um, chalking the sidewalks outside of the church. So okay with your parents and you want as soon as we're done with this part we're going to actually go out and we're going to be outside during most of the service today and make some beautiful things from the words that we hear today sound good yeah, yeah? okay good all right well um you may or may not know this but we are talking about the psalms all summer here in big church i'm getting nods you guys are paying attention that's awesome of course you are so we're going to talk about a couple specific psalms today. We're going to do a little bit of a listening prayer activity. Does that sound good? So to get ready, we're just going to take a couple deep breaths in. Big deep breath in. And out. And one more. In and out. And we do that because we, are, we remember that God's here. We know he's already here. And we're going to prepare ourselves together to be with him and to just listen. So by taking those deep breaths in, we're just getting ready. So I'm going to pray for us as we get started, okay? Creator God, we are ready for the new things that you want to show us and say to us as we listen to your words this morning and even as we go throughout the day today. Father God, draw near to us. Teach us to pray. Speak, Lord. We are listening, and we ask that you cancel out any other voices that are trying to gain our attention right now, that we would only hear you. Amen. So um, we're going to use some examples from Psalms 4 and 5 today, which is the passages that we're talking about in big church here, and um, give some examples of ways that we can use these psalms to go throughout our day. So in Psalm 4, 7 through 8, we uh, recognize how we can invite the Lord in um, and pray before we go to bed. So the psalm says, fill my heart with joy. In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. It's a pretty short, simple prayer, right? Something we could think about as we go to sleep at night. And one to think about as we wake up in the morning is from Psalm 5. So these words from David um, declare that God is our source. He provides joy and peace. He is the source of all of our protection. We can continue prayers and conversations with God when we wake up 
um, from portions of Psalm 5. So I'm going to read a little bit, a few more verses now. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. For you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. Lead me, Lord, in your righteousness. Make your way straight before me. Banish the evildoers for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you be glad, and let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. So God's Spirit teaches us and then provides the courage to make the wise choice. Our job is to choose to follow his word and his spirit. So let's press pause for a second and just think about this. This isn't a question you have to answer out loud, but just in your own mind. Think for a second about when was a time that you made a wise choice. Can you think of one just in your head? And then think about how it felt when you made that good choice. All right, now I'm going to read those verses again, and this time is when we're going to really engage the listening portion of this. So I want you to listen for a word or a phrase that the Holy Spirit might want to say to you from today's verses, okay? So think about questions like, what word or phrase is God highlighting for you? Um, And then I'll give you a chance to share if you want to afterwards, okay? Okay. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. For you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. Lead me, Lord, in your righteousness. Make your way straight before me. Banish the evildoers for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. So what word or phrase stood out to you? Do you want to raise your hand and share one with us? It's okay if you don't. This is what we're going to get the opportunity to chalk. So whether you write that word or phrase on the sidewalk or drop a picture or something that shows that, do you feel like you could hear the Holy Spirit? Yeah, awesome. It's okay. It's a, there's a lot of people in here, so it's okay if you don't want to share it out in front of everybody. Probably most of the adults in the room wouldn't want to do that either. <laughs> All right, will you pray with me one more time before we go have fun outside? Father God, fill us with your love. Help us to love you and others. Lord Jesus, help us to see you and to see others the way that you see them too. Holy Spirit, help us to hear you and give us courage to make the wise choice. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Kiddos, you can go just do a quick check-in with your parents. Ask them for a thumbs up that it's okay that you come downstairs with us, and I'll meet you in the back if you do. 
um, parents, grandparents, adults in the lives of children, we wanna let you know that this format is really similar to the one that's used in the Lectio for Families app, which is part of the Lectio 365 series that we've been promoting a lot as a church lately. And so just to note, it's a really great resource for praying and learning the Bible together. Now, here's Tim. Thank you, Jenny. Okay, um, some of you know me, some don't. I'm Tim Van Monen. I'm part of the executive board here at Third. And so this is kind of called the executive board minute. And Mike scheduled me in for one minute only. So listen close, listen fast. I'm going to go quick. Uh, just an update on the RCA and Third Church here. Um, just, oh, it was about a month or so ago, a month and a half, um, we requested to uh, separate from the RCA. And as of just last Thursday, they made that official. And so we are now moved from the RCA to the Sending Network. And if you need to know more about the Sending Network, there is a website. You can go to it, and it will tell you who we are. I want to let you know, though, Third Church did not change, okay? Just because we moved from the RCA to the Sending Network, we are still who we are. We have followed Jesus. We send servant-hearted disciples into the world for Jesus. We do the same thing we've always been doing. So we're just excited about the new wine and the new wine skins that God is opening these doors for us. So thank you for hanging with us. I know we had six or eight months worth of some voting and some, it was, it was complicated. But thank you for hanging in with us. We are looking forward to the new and that's kind of where we're at with that. Um, second thing, <sighs> voting's not over. I know, I know. But this voting we have is just our typical yearly voting. We vote at third for consistory members and we vote for the budget. So real quick, if you don't know the consistory candidates, this vote actually is coming up just next week, the 26th of June. If you don't know the candidates that are up for elders, if you're up for deacons, if you are a voting member here at 3rd, they have these at the Welcome Center. Pick one up. It shows, it talks about everybody that's in there. Here's what the ballot looks like. It's pretty simple. You have elders on one side, deacons on the other. You vote for five on one side, six on the other. You can vote for two. You can vote for one. You don't have to vote any. It's just whatever you feel, but you can't vote for more than five or more than six. Pretty simple. Second vote, it looks just like this. There'll be another paper. This approves the budget. Okay, pretty simple. You mark, I like the budget or I don't like the budget. Just if you're wondering, there is this booklet here, the annual report, and it's out at the Welcome Center also. Pick one up in about the last third page is the back. Right here is our budget. If you kind of wonder what this whole budget thing's about. When you go to this page, the budget here is listed out from 2019, 20, 21, 22, and the proposed budget for 23. That's what you'll be voting on. So you can kind of see where Third Church has been in their budget and where we are proposing to go. And I think just really quick in a snapshot, that kind of lets you know. So the budget's not really big and difficult. A lot of times people think, oh man, budget. No. So if you have questions, you can definitely get a hold of the office, but there you go. Voting actually starts today, if you wanna vote absentee. You can vote all week long. The, the ballots are over at the Welcome Center. Becky's there, she'll help you. You can start voting absentee this whole week or wait till next week, and then we have the, the whole, the, the church vote, 
finalizes next week. So, that's it in a minute. Would you pray with me? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three in one, the Trinity. As we worship you today on this Father's Day, there is no better way than to worship and praise and honor our Father in heaven. And we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity. As Jenny was saying, there's, there's wise choices to make. And as we sit here and worship and praise you, God, for who you are, what you have done for us, there's no better Father's Day than today and every day. We just thank you for your love. We thank you for your son, Jesus. You know what, God, I know is everyone comes in to, to worship on a weekly basis or bi-weekly or monthly. We come from different places. Some are hurting. Some are sorrow-filled. Some are confused. Some are joy-filled. Some are on mountaintops. Each of us don't know where people are at, but you do, Lord. And we thank you for that because you've promised to never leave us, never forsake us. Always have your hands wrapped around us. Always have our names written on the palm of your hand. And that's what we praise you for. So as we come to communion together here today, as we come to worship together, may your love just saturate us. May your love surround us. May your peace fill us. We just love you as we go from this place. And what better way to give you honor and praise and glory than to pray the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray as we can pray together now the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for praying. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for leading us well. Uh, real quick, uh, great to see the room full this morning. Awesome. Uh, thanks for being here. If you uh, have been coming here to the auditorium, if you're new, welcome. Love to have you here. Um, we have in the back room two, two resources. One is we like to get to know each other. And because we, we kind of tend to camp out in the same neighborhood every week, we don't always get to know each other. So in the back of the room, there's a little lit display and Families that come to the auditorium, just, we bring a family picture, put it up there with a magnet, uh, just so we can kind of hang out and get to know faces and names. That's awesome. So we'd encourage you to do that if you haven't done so already. Number two, um, we like to know if you have decided that this is where you want to, to come and worship on a consistent basis. And in the back on the coffee table is a bunch of shine-up sheets, just a name, address, phone number, email address, and about every four to six weeks or so, we send out a little email kind of updating everybody on what's going on in the auditorium family. And also want to pray for you and pray over you on a regular basis. So if you'll fill out one of the forms, just leave it on the table and we'll pick it up uh, when we get up. And if you're already on the list, but maybe something has changed, 
just go ahead, take the pen there and scratch out what's changed or fill out another form and just say, hey, correction or uh, edit this piece would be great. Uh, we're in our series in the summer. I'm gonna ask Amy Childerson to come on up. Amy has uh, been with us before, but it's been pre-COVID. It's been three years since yeah. Amy was with us. And I'm so excited to have Amy uh, lead us this morning. So I just wanna say a prayer blessing Thank over you. God, I just pray for your servant, Amy. I pray, Lord, that you would use her as your vessel to pour your spirit into her and through her to us and make our hearts and our spirits good soil for your word to take root and grow. We pray this blessing over Amy now in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tom. The last time I was up here was about three years ago, and I remember my hands were so sweaty. And today it's my feet, so I don't, it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> I got really sweaty feet. Um, but I'm happy to be here, and I'm glad that you're here. So a happy Father's Day. It's nice to see you all. Um, before we go any further, I would just like to say a short prayer. So would you pray with me, please? Father, I ask that the words of my mouth, that the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. So today's message is about prayer. And I'm wondering if you were in my shoes and you were up here, where would you start? I think it's a valid question because prayer is such a big topic, but it's a really important topic. And as I thought about prayer, I realized we have deliverance prayer, there's healing prayer, we've got contemplative prayer, corporate prayer, right? There's confession prayer. We could talk about the lighthouse we use for prayer. Um, we could talk about what distracts us from prayer. So as I was thinking about all this, I was driving in my car feeling pretty overwhelmed. And sometimes when I get overwhelmed, I just need to get out of my own head. I don't know if you're ever like that. But I put my playlist on, my music, and my music playlist, if I'm honest, has everything from worship music to like Janet Jackson. So I really never know what's gonna come on. And the first song that came on was a 1980s hip hop song. Uh, the 80s. Do you guys like the 80s? Like, I love the 80s. Okay, all right, good. Thank you, John. I appreciate that. So I, asked, I did ask the tech team, I'm like, can you give us a little sample of the 80s song that came on this day as I was praying? Um, can you play that for me? <laughs> That's so cool, isn't it? <laughs> I was going to dance, but my kids were like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I began to think about the title of that song, It Takes Two, and I put it in connection to prayer. So if you think about it, prayer, it takes two. Prayer, it takes two to make a thing go right. And that's actually how I landed on the title of my message today, It Takes Two. So if I could have slide two, please. This is a little uh, glimpse of where we're going today. We're going to start with John 15, just 1 through 5. And then I want to go through line by line of Psalm 5. That's today's psalm. And then I will end the message today by reviewing how through prayer, we both encounter God and then we are changed by God. So could I have the next slide, please? John 15. Would you read along with me or open your Bibles? I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears fruit, excuse me, that bears no fruit, 
while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. I am the vine, and you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now what does John 15 have to do with prayer? Can I have the next slide, please? Prayer can simply be defined as having a conversation with God, just as we would with a friend. Prayer puts us in a posture to remain in or abide in a relationship with the Lord. So let's see an example of this in today's psalm, Psalm 5. Can I have the next slide, please? In this psalm, David is praying for God's protection and God's help and also the downfall of the enemies of God. So let's go through it together. Give ear to my words, O Lord, and consider my sign. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God, for to you I pray. So clearly, David is seeking the Lord, and he knows him intimately as both God and King. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you, and I wait in expectation. David begins his day with God, and he is actively waiting and remaining with the Lord. Verse 4, you are not a God who takes pleasure in evil. With you, the wicked cannot dwell. The arrogant cannot stand in your presence, and you hate all who do wrong. So David knows the Lord as both um, merciful and gracious, but he also knows he's holy and he's pure. God takes no pleasure in evil or wickedness. Verse 6, you will destroy those who tell lies, bloodthirsty and evil men the Lord hates. And then in verse 7, David starts to pray for himself. But I, by your great mercy, come into your house, and in reverence will I bow down toward your holy temple. David enters into God's presence and remains in the Lord. Verse 8, lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies, and make straight your way before me. David remains in the Lord and asks for God's guidance. Verse 9, and here David starts to pray for his enemies. Not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with destruction. And we know that scripture teaches us that it's out of the overflow of the heart that the mouth speaks. Their throat is an open grave, and with their tongues they speak deceit. Verse 10, declare them guilty, O God. Let their intrigues or their schemes be their downfall. Banish them for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. Now David starts to pray for the destruction of God's enemies. Sorry, that's what he was doing. Verse 11, now he's praying for the people of God. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice and let them sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, for those who you love will rejoice in you. For surely, Lord, you bless the righteous and you surround them with your favor as with a shield. Now we see through prayer that David is both revealing and dealing with his heart before God. Where did he get the honesty and the courage to talk to God like that? By remaining with God in prayer, because it takes two. And prayers like David's in this psalm are often filled with complaints and cries and calls for God to move in power. And I think we learn through the psalms it's okay and it's important to be real in our prayers before God. Now, just as relationships can cause us to feel confused and agitated sometimes, 
so too are we regularly puzzled by the God that we meet in prayer. In our walk with God, there will be good times and there will be bad times. Sometimes we're trudging through and sometimes there's long periods of waiting and we don't know what God is doing. You see, people who believe in Jesus get sick and they live in poverty. They lose their hair and their teeth and they wear eyeglasses at the same rate as everybody else. We live on a fallen planet that not even Jesus was exempt from suffering. And during their lifetimes, both Jesus and Paul both prayed for a different and perhaps easier way. Paul prayed that the thorn in his flesh would be removed and Jesus asked not to have to drink the cup of suffering and neither got relief. You see, God is a mystery to all of us. Speaking of mystery, have you ever wondered why it is when we pray that God doesn't speak louder or sometimes easier to understand? As I was researching, I read that there are over 3,000 different names mentioned in the Bible, but God only spoke to one person through a burning bush. The Lord opened the mouth of a donkey to speak supernaturally one time to one man. And only one time did the fingers of a human hand write on a wall to give a message to one king. Friends, conversations with God are not always a dramatic experience. Most often, he will come in a low whisper and in unexpected ways. But if we continue to pray and we continue to come into his presence, we will experience change that comes from having encountered him. So as an example of that from my own life, my kids are now 18 and 16 and 13. <laughs> And I remember a time when Anna was just four. Luke was two, and Jack hadn't been born yet. And in those first four years of having kids, Ron and I had moved from Lincoln, Nebraska, to Pella. Ron got a new job, and I had left my career as a hospital pharmacist. And we had two very colicky babies. Uh, soon after we moved here, Anna needed surgery and uh, developed bad pneumonia. And Luke had been hospitalized at Blank Children's Hospital for a severe case of rotavirus. And it just felt like we couldn't catch a break. And I felt so tired and so low. And I remember I prayed and I prayed for months, God, please help us. Help my kids to be well and give me energy. And Lord, would you help me to find purpose? And then one particular afternoon, I was in the parking lot of the Pella Medical Center, and we had a silver minivan, and I was trying to pull out one of those double fold-up strollers, you know, thing. And both of my kids were sick at the same time. And, <laughs> and a, a man came up to me in the parking lot, and I had no idea who he was. I've never seen him before. And he said to me, you have the most important job in the whole world. And I looked at him with that dazed, confused, exhausted look, and I said, yeah, but it's really hard. And he said, yes, but you have the most important job in the whole world. And then he walked away. And I have never seen this man since. But I remember speaking, I remember thinking about that man and what he said the rest of that day and what he told me, and my perspective began to change. You see, my circumstances did not change. My kids were still sick. I was really tired, but I began to see the value in what I was doing in a different light. Through that encounter, I began to change. 
And the Bible that we read is filled with stories of ordinary broken people like me who are changed when we encounter God. Homer Simpson once said this about the people in the Bible. All these people are a mess, except this one guy. (laughs) You see, in the Bible, when people spent time with Jesus, he called out value in them, and they were never left the same. So let's look at a few examples of that. Do you guys remember Zacchaeus? We have that Sunday school song, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Okay, I'll stop there. He was the chief tax collector of Jericho, and he had grown rich by overtaxing the people to both benefit himself and to gain favor with the Roman government. And the story goes that as Jesus is passing through, Zacchaeus wants to take a look at this Messiah, so he climbs a tree. Now, the Bible doesn't say that he invited Jesus over. It doesn't even say he wanted to talk to him. It just says he wanted to get a better look of him. Jesus comes by the tree and looks up, and he says, Zacchaeus, I want you to come down. I want to be your guest today. And as a result of this encounter with Jesus, Zacchaeus' life does a 180-degree turn. He decides he's going to make things right, give away half of his goods, and restore up to four times the amount of money he had stolen from the people. You see that Jesus saw and demonstrated the value in Zacchaeus by intentionally becoming a guest in his house. Jesus leads by seeing people, by seeing the value and uniqueness in people, and so should we. Another example. Jesus is in Galilee, and a man named Philips meets him. And Philip goes off to search for his friend Nathaniel. And he says, Nathaniel, we found him. His name is Jesus from Nazareth. Nazareth, says Nathaniel. Can anything good come from that place? Nazareth isn't even mentioned in the Old Testament prophecies. It was an insignificant town, hardly the place where one would find the Messiah. And as Nathaniel approached Jesus, I believe with a smile, Jesus said, ah, here's a genuine son of Israel, a man of no deceit. How do you know me? Nathaniel answered. And Jesus says, I saw you sitting under a fig tree before Philip ever came to get you. Jesus noticed Nathanael, and he called out value in him, and that changed Nathanael's life from that day forward. Nathanael became one of Jesus' disciples. Friends, by encountering Jesus and by being in the presence of Jesus, we are changed. Can I have the next slide, please? Slide 10. I think Richard Foster connects this concept to prayer really well. He writes, prayer helps you to be in the right place to receive from God. He adds that real prayer is life creating and life changing. It is the deepest and highest work of the human spirit for to pray is to change. It is the central avenue that God uses to transform us. God is serious about our transformation. He cannot leave us as we are. We must become disciples, friends, but we can't do it on our own. It takes two. Through prayer, disciples deepen their relationship with God, which leads to trust and then, to lead, and then leads to hope. But we first must trust in the one who sees the beginning from the end and is not bound by time. There's another story I want to remind you of the, in the Bible of three men who were thrown into a furnace because they did not bow down to the image of a pagan king. They received their miracle and they came out unharmed. 
Jesus did not. He had to go through his fire and he was even put to death on a cross. And the strength for that and the ability to even have that level of trust can't be purchased at the store on the day that you need it. It comes over time, spending time with God over and over in prayer. It takes two. The strength and growth I mentioned isn't just for ourselves. It takes a salty group of people to best point others to Christ. We came from dust, and we are returning to dust. But in this short period of time, we have the opportunity to become incredibly salty. It's a natural occurrence that happens by spending more and more time with God and being in God's presence. It's this saltiness that makes us winsome, and it attracts others to Jesus. In my opinion, saltiness is being authentic and humble. It's displaying the fruits of the Spirit that naturally flow out of us. And it's an assurance that God sees us and He is in control, even when the heat in life really starts to turn up. Now that's being salty. I found this interesting about salt. Did you know that salt doesn't begin to break down and liquefy until it's exposed to a heat of over 1,400 degrees Fahrenheit? Salt can withstand a lot of heat. We have a scripture verse written on the walls right outside these doors, Jeremiah 17. And they, disciples, will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. Salty people rest in God's promises. Then they have the strength to stand when that tremendous heat comes because they stay rooted in God through prayer. Why talk about saltiness? I read according to the Barna Research Group that our culture is impacting the American church more than the American church is impacting the culture. 88% of Americans are determining on their own what God is like based on what they want him to be like, not on what the Bible says about God. Our culture is increasingly becoming a people who don't want the Bible, who don't want God, and who don't want the church. Therefore, passing on a strong faith to younger people, especially those in high school and college, is really important because the dropout problem is real. We need courage to be followers of Christ. We need to become disciples. We remain in him and he in us through prayer. And he changes us from the inside out so we can point others to him. Now what's the good news? <laughs> the good news is the heavy lifting is on God. We can't save anyone. Only Jesus can do that. We can't convict anyone. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And we can't convince anyone. Read Romans 1, verse 16. Rather, it is the power of God at work, saying everyone who believes. Our job is to point others to Christ. The heavy hitters that we read about in our Bibles, those who remained in God and God in them, they believed that their prayers would and could make a difference. They believed they could change things with their prayers, and they did. Our prayers have the power to change the world, but it takes two. Let's not give up on prayer.
My friends, God's not given up on you either. He sees you. He thinks about you all the time. He's not forgotten you. He paid a huge price for you and me because we have tremendous value. And that's truth whether you feel it or not. It's not about accomplishments or how much money you have or degrees or job titles. The father ran towards the prodigal son who was covered in dirt inside and out when his son simply turned toward him and headed home. No sin is too dirty to ever keep God away. What an amazing God we have. My brother sent me a video <laughs> um, that I'd like to play for you. It's about prayer, and it's called Talking to Jesus. Would you watch this, and especially listen as the singer is singing to the story in the song, and then I'll come up when it's done. So we just start talking to him. We just start talking to Jesus. That's prayer. What a friend he is, isn't he? Worship team, will you come on up? Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you hold all things in your big, big hands. You give us such good gifts, the gift of your only son. Thank you for the Bible and for the book of Psalms. Thank you for prayer. Come and change us, Lord. Give us your eyes and your ears and your heart for one another, and especially for those who do not yet know you. It is your presence that sets your people apart. We acknowledge it takes two, God. Please care for our families and our friends and those that we love. And I thank you especially for dads. God, their job is so important. We love you, Heavenly Father. Happy Father's Day. It's in your son's name that we pray these things. Amen.